What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, old friends. Welcome to episode 37 of The Right Frame of Mind. I'm your host, Terry Christopher, coming to you from the OG PCL Studios, on today's show, I'm going to tell you about a little trip I took south and the fact that we are absolutely living in two different countries. We're also going to discuss the, the situation that people like Governor Cuomo have found themselves in and their attempts to divert all the pressure away from them and in instituting COVID passports, a plan that is absolutely being endorsed by our senile commander-in-chief joe biden that and more on this episode of the right frame of mind this episode of the right frame of mind is brought to you by casper's buy and sell at 232 hartman bridge road in strasburg pennsylvania when i seek out partners for my podcast i always go to people that i actually do business with first and every gun i've bought in the last four years has come from Casper's Buy and Sell in Strasburg, Pennsylvania. I've also sold two guns to them, and they have offered me the best price by over $100. So if you're looking to sell a gun that you have, maybe trade one in or are looking for a new gun, before you go to the big box stores and spend way more money than you need to, be sure to check out our friends at Casper's Buy and Sell. Once again, they're at 232 Hartman Bridge Road in Strasburg, Pennsylvania. Their phone number is 717-723-2252. Be sure to ask for Lynn or Kathy. Tell them that Terry at the right frame of mind sent you in. They will take care of everything you need. And they've got way more than guns. It is not just guns and ammo. They've got all sorts of things from memorabilia to trinkets to all sorts of nostalgic things. So be sure to check them out for more information and to see some of their current inventory. Also check out their Facebook page. Once again, that's Casper's Buy and Sell. Well, let's get right into it. It's been a while since I've spoken to you. There's a lot of different crazy things kind of going on in my life right now. We're making a lot of personal and family decisions and kind of trying to figure out what the best place is for our family in the uh, kind of next few months, maybe next few years. And so a lot of that stuff is finally starting to uh, come to fruition. And I've got a little more time now that I can focus on the podcast. And there has been so much that I've wanted to talk about over the last few weeks and just have not had the opportunity. But here we are. So let's sit and talk. Over the weekend, I and my family took a trip down to Gatlinburg, Tennessee, drove through Virginia, and then... You know, ended up spending in the weekend in Pigeon Forge, Gallenberg, and Sevierville, Tennessee. And I'll tell you, the difference in lifestyle is drastic. So drastic that my five-year-old was able to recognize the difference in levels of freedom that they have in the South. My five-year-old looked at me at the end of our trip and said, Dad, when I have kids, 
I'm going to move to the South. And I looked at him and I said, well, why? And he goes, well, if this Corona thing is still going on, my kids won't get hassled if they don't want to wear a mask. <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, man, I, I really don't think that that's going to be an issue. I think the Corona stuff is going to be wrapped up here pretty soon. And uh, by the time you have kids, there'll just be a completely different problem or a completely different uh, plan for the government to take control of our lives. So maybe the South isn't a bad plan, but I don't think it's going to be because of Corona. But that being said, it made me realize that the difference in levels of freedom is so transparent that a five-year-old can understand it. And we're starting to read, uh, I'm reading to him Rush Revere books at night, and we've talked about history. He loves American history. His favorite president is Abraham Lincoln, and he's been able to identify him for probably over a year now. He knows that if you show him a picture of George Washington, he knows who that is. And we're discussing Paul Revere and some of the great patriots and founding fathers that we had. It's really important that uh, as my son gets ready to head into the public school system, that he has the foundational education about America's heritage, about our history, about what his culture really is before it gets perverted by the public school system. So I've been taking some time to really try to, you know, kind of drive home different points that I think are going to be important in his education. And so we discussed these type of issues. We've discussed King George. We've discussed uh, the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and why these types of things are important and what freedom really is, what independence really is what big government looks like. And these might be heavy subjects for a five-year-old. I know that's what you're thinking, but we, I, I do address them in, in, in a way that he understands. And, and I really think that he has you know, a pretty decent grasp. Um, in Tennessee, they do not require children under the age of 12 to wear a mask. It was so nice for him. You know, it, it's funny. I don't make him wear a mask a lot of times. If we go into a grocery store, we go into Walmart, we go into different places. And he asks me, dad, are they going to yell at me? And I'll tell you, that breaks my heart. It's, it's crazy. My five-year-old is worried what strangers are going to say about him. That didn't happen this weekend. And you could tell he was, he was more carefree. The idea that a five-year-old isn't is terrible in America. The fact that a five-year-old has to worry if someone's going to yell at him in a wise supermarket and, and to their, in all fairness, they don't. But the fact that he's got to worry about it, he's got to worry about strangers yelling at him because he sees it. He sees it in our culture. He sees it on TV. He sees it out in public, sees it on YouTube. That's the culture that we're living in. And they are not doing that in other places in other parts of this country. And I'll tell you, I have thought long and hard about where I want to actually raise my son. Because it's definitely not Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And that is, that's, that's terrible. This place used to be a beacon of freedom. Used to be a place where free exchange of thought was something that people were excited about. That people supported, that people endorsed. Doesn't happen anymore. We've seen a lot of outside influence move in, especially into Lancaster City, Lancaster Township, Mannheim Township. We've seen these outside influences that say, no, 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 your culture is terrible. Lancaster County values has become almost a four-letter word. And so I've, I've kind of shared over the last year that our plan was to leave, and we are sticking to that plan. 
we've got uh, it's part of the personal things that we've been dealing with and we've pretty sure we found a place and uh and we'll be moving here uh by the summer but our, we've we've decided ultimately to stay in this area because this is where all of our friends are this is our family it's where I'm, my business is so uh but I'll tell you I I definitely had second thoughts after this weekend just seeing the happiness in my kid's face uh it's something it's something that is that I'm going to miss and it's a shame that I only got to experience it for a weekend and this doesn't mean that there were no people wearing masks and there were no precautions being taken and people were just willy-nilly throwing caution to the wind that's that's not what was happening at all uh for one we have a vaccination rollout that is is going you know not super smooth because once again the democrats proved that if you put them in power they are inept and inefficient they do uh, their best to spend money in government but not really get anything done um once again this vaccine has nothing to do with Joe Biden. It has 100% to do with Donald Trump. And without him as president, we still wouldn't have the vaccine. If Hillary Clinton were president right now, now, granted, if Hillary Clinton were president right now, I don't know that COVID would be such a big deal, but I can guarantee you we would not have a vaccine because Donald Trump did something Democrats at their, at their essence, at their soul, at their heart, can't do. He got through red tape. He said, bureaucracy doesn't have a place here. We just need to get science uh, rolling their sleeves up, and we're not going to put any roadblocks in their way. And we achieved some pretty miraculous things. Again, things that they said couldn't be done, but we'll get into that in the next segment. There were signs on the doors of pretty much every business in Tennessee that said, hey, please wear a mask. Unless you're uncomfortable wearing one, or unless you have a medical condition, and nobody asked. It wasn't a point of contention. If you wanted to wear a mask, you wore a mask. If you were uncomfortable, then you didn't have to wear a mask. That's, that's, that's what America used to be like. These type of ideas weren't foreign 13 months ago. Hey, I don't make fun of people that wear masks. I mean, maybe if you wear five and you're driving in your car, you have the windows rolled up. I mean, I'm probably going to giggle to myself, but, uh, hey, I don't care how anybody lives. That's, that's the beauty of America. You can choose to live however you want, so long as you're not hurting other people and, uh, not protecting yourself the way the government tells you you should does not constitute you hurting your fellow citizens. You know, that's one of the biggest things that they've accomplished in this is they've said they've convinced neighbors to tell on neighbors. When this all started, man, if you went out to the grocery store when you were supposed to be locked in your in your bedroom, people were calling the police. If you had too many people over for a party, they were calling the police. That's the scariest thing the U.S. government has ever accomplished. Because that's Nazi Germany. You have these people. I try, you know, I really try not to be hyperbolic here, but you know, that is what was going on throughout the year in 2020. You have these people that throughout history have said, man, back in the day, in the 1800s, I would have been an abolitionist. I would have never been a proponent of slavery. They wear Nike shoes. They buy everything they can for as cheap as possible, just garbage from China that's made by slaves. No problem with that at all. And I'm, I'm not saying that I'm not guilty of that myself. I'm sure there have been products that I've bought that, you know, 
were made by slaves and that's terrible. But, you know, you get people that say, man, I can't believe there were people in the 1930s in Germany that ratted on their neighbors who were hiding Jews, that were trying to, uh, to save people from the Holocaust. I can't believe people trusted the government more than their neighbors. I can't believe they turned in their family members. It's happening right now. Happened all year. And I'll tell you, I won't forget a single one of those people. I, they're not my countrymen. I don't trust them. I don't want to be friends with them. They're not my neighbors. There are clear lines that have been drawn. And we cannot forget those clear lines. No matter what happened in an election, no matter what happens in future elections, no matter the attempts at unity and peace, remember the people that called the police because you had a barbecue. Remember those people. And, and I could be wrong. I wasn't in Tennessee uh, this time last year or over the summer last year. But man, if there, was, if there was ever contention in the part of Tennessee that we were in, if there was ever contention like there is, like there was here, they either dealt with it a long time ago or they got over it pretty quick because they are all, they all seem to get along. And it's funny when you're in the North and you hear the Southern accent, I know a lot of us think, man, that person's dumber than me, or they go, that's a hillbilly or a redneck. And, and I really had to think to myself this weekend, you know, when you're in, in their area and almost every single person has that accent and you're the one with the accent I think this was the first time where I wondered, you know, what do they think of me? Do they think I'm kind of a, a jackass? Do they just assume that I think that I'm better than they are because I don't have a southern draw? Uh, I bet they think that I'm not nearly as kind as they are. You know, and, and I'll tell you, right now, I would take the kind-hearted, gentle, welcoming persona of a southern draw from Tennessee over the snooty, uptight, woke, self-righteous, piece of trash members of my own community up here in the north. So there's some things that we need to think about, and something that we need to talk about is the fact that we are living in two completely different countries. And the more that this centralized, big government tries to enforce things, the more they cram down your throat in areas where they don't take kindly to that, we are going to see contention and we're going to see just levels of tension rise considerably. And I don't know what will happen after that. I know we haven't seen you know much craziness uh, since January 6th. You know, besides craziness from the left, you know, Syrian guy shoots up a grocery store month and a half after Joe Biden just indiscriminately bombed Syria, but nobody's going to tie those together. Uh, we've got uh, the non-existent Antifa members rioting at the Oregon State Capitol, uh, attacking conservative people or anyone that is fans of Trump. But again, that's that's not an issue. That's not an insurrection because it's left, so it's right. But I'll tell you, if the people I saw and experienced last weekend are an example of what is in the South. They are much kinder about all of this, 
And if you force them not to be, if you force your beliefs on them, I think in a large part of the country, there's going to be significant problems. And that brings me to my next segment. So throughout COVID, there were certain members of government, certain governors who were uh, much greater villains than others. And uh, the top of this list has to be Governor Andrew Cuomo. And I'll tell you, his plight has probably been one of the most difficult parts of me not putting on a podcast in the last few weeks as we've seen him squirm and try to wiggle out of just <laughs> the the numerous sexual assault allegations just person woman after woman coming out of the uh coming out of the cracks to explain all of the creepiness of Andrew Cuomo but here's the deal like i've said about governor whitmer in michigan uh the the governor of uh, governor murphy in new jersey governor cuomo of course in new york and course our sweet little special Tommy Wolf here in Pennsylvania the worst thing they did was kill your grandmother again I will I will beat this horse until it's dead like all of the people these treacherous governors killed and the fact that there are so many woke liberals willing to give them a pass and willing to say they don't care about all of these people that were killed is insane. So, hey, what Governor Cuomo did, terrible, super creepy. But let's face it, we kind of all knew that about him. These aren't, these aren't like surprising revelations that the, the gruff, you know, uber-masculine Italiano Hey, uh, what's uh, what's wrong with a little dick joke? You know, that guy, that guy is who we've known he was. There's no surprises there. And frankly, as creepy as he is, you know, that that element of things, that doesn't bother me nearly as much as his premeditated murder. I it, It's so hard talking about these people not to swear. It really is. I, it, it, it blows my mind that people are able to accomplish this feat because... I feel like I edit this thing so many times because I just want to scream at the top of my lungs and just expletives when describing these people. Someone like Governor Cuomo had President Trump send a naval vessel. It's a complete hospital. Boom, send it right to New York City. And then had the Javits Center in Brooklyn set up to be a mobile hospital. But because uh, Mr. Italiano wanted to prove a point, he's a tough guy. I don't need the Trump. I said, no, no, I'm not going to use those things. Because I don't want to make the president look good. I can make the president look good. This is an election year. <laughs> Let those people die. Send them back to the nursing homes. Sure. Yeah, even though we don't know a lot about COVID, we, we do know that the one thing that we can't do is send uh, you know the sick people to where the vulnerable people are. We know that the only vulnerable people are the, you know, the old people and the sick people. So we'll take our COVID-positive patients, send them back to the nursing home, and just start filling out the death certificates. And on the bright side, we get to keep scaring people, keep telling people how many, how many more deaths there are from COVID. It's win-win in their eyes. Those people need to be held accountable for that. 
He should be recalled, impeached, whatever they do in New York. They should get rid of that. They should get rid of their governor. That's what they should do. But not because he told a few dick jokes and not because he was inappropriate, not because he was creepy. Those are all grounds for getting rid of him. Don't don't get me wrong. But he murdered thousands of the most vulnerable people that he was supposed to protect. That's why he shouldn't just be kicked out of office. He should be prosecuted. All of these governors that did that should be prosecuted. Our elected officials have to be held accountable. Their, their job is to make tough decisions. And I'm not saying that dealing with COVID was easy. But the one thing we knew is you could not send sick people where they sent them. And they should be accountable for that. So now, trying to skirt that attention, Governor Cuomo is instituting COVID passports. And that's something that Joe Biden wants to accomplish. So, hey, I know when this all started, they said, hey, guys, this is only going to be for a few weeks. Then they said, you know, it's not like you got to wear masks everywhere. And they said, well, you got to wear masks everywhere. And they said, well, it's only going to be for a little while. And it's just for the greater good. Think about your fellow man. Don't be so selfish. It's not going to take that long. This will all be over. And then they said, great news. We're working on a vaccine, but it'll probably be a few years. And then Trump said, ah, the hell with that. We're going to get this thing done. And he got it done. And they said, oh, well, he'll never be able to roll it out right. There's just problem after problem after problem that Trump just batted down. And he'll get no credit for this in history. The fact that Joe Biden takes any credit for any aspect of of the COVID vaccine is unfathomable. He is a do nothing politician who can't even put shots in arms. Donald Trump provided tens of millions of vaccines and bumbling Joe Biden has done very little to help that process along because that's not what Democrats do. Democrats get in the way because they have to have bureaucracy. They have to prove that they are important. And that's what we're seeing now. I haven't decided if I'm getting the vaccine yet or not. And I don't care if whatever people want to do is fine. I'm not going to come here and tell you not to get the vaccine. That is not my place. That's no one's place. It's not a politician's place either. Whatever you decide for yourself and your family is a decision you should make. But now that the COVID vaccine is widely available and starting in New York, I believe this week, if you're over the age of 30, you are now in a phase where you can go get the vaccine. For sure, within the next two months, pretty much we'll have enough doses for anybody that wants it to get it. And once we get to that point, the masks come off, we go back to the stadiums, we go to school, we go to church, we do everything, we go back to normal. There's a zero scientific evidence. There's zero reason not to go back to normal. Because what they've done is they've, they've they just mongered in fear. And they've said, well, you know, all these people are going to die if we go back to normal. And I'm scared. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to go to school. I don't want to do anything. I want to sit back and let the government take care of me because of COVID. I'm scared. Shut up. Go get the vaccine then. You don't get to control my life the same way I don't get to control yours. Once the vaccine is available, shut up, sit down, and go back to normal. Stop being such a pussy. Like, that's that's really what we have to start telling people. If the vaccine's available, then nut up. Guess what? When I was a little kid, my mom had to get me the measles vaccine. I don't know that I was all that afraid of getting the measles, but I'll tell you, I'm not afraid of getting the measles now. 
And I don't care if you have the measles vaccine. If for some reason your mom decided not to get you vaccinated for the measles, guess what? It doesn't matter to me because I can't get the measles from you. This is the same is going to be for COVID. If you're afraid of COVID and you're scared of me if I don't get the vaccine, I can't hurt you if you have it. I'm glad you got it. I'm glad we can go back to normal. I'm glad if you were fearful that this gives you some sort of reassurance. But this idea that we are going to have some sort of COVID passport and you're going to need to prove that you've had the vaccine if you want to participate in our society is as un-American as calling the police on your neighbors for having a barbecue on the 4th of July. So Joe Biden, Andrew Cuomo, uh, if you will, Tom Wolf, take your passport, turn it sideways, and you know what to do with it. That is going to do it for episode 37 of The Right Frame of Mind. Man, it feels good to talk to you guys once again. Uh, thank you for all of the support and all the messages that I've gotten since I've been kind of off the air. Uh, I think we've finally kind of rounded the corner and we will be back to doing regular shows. And I'm very much looking forward to that. So thank you once again for listening to our show, sharing it on social media, and uh, yeah, just being one of the best audiences in the podcast game from my producer, the best in the business, Chris Malinich. I'm Terry Christopher saying thanks again for listening to The Right Frame of Mind, where we discuss the difference between the right and the wrong. <laughs>